God provides in ways that can be unexpected. We'll see an example of this today as the Israelites receive something from God, to which they say, what is it? Thanks for tuning in to The Bible Brief. After the plagues upon the nation of Egypt, the nation of Israel hightails it out of there to go to the promised land. The land promised to Abraham about 450 years prior, the land of Canaan. But hightailing it out of there with over a million people took some time, and they took a rather circuitous route. But this route wasn't on accident. In fact, God himself led them on the route out of Egypt. Listen to this from Exodus 13. God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Now imagine that for a moment. Over a million people guided by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire through the wilderness. They had all their families, babies, and possessions in tow, and they had no idea where they were going. In some ways, they were like Abraham. They had to follow God to go to a land that he would show them. And obedience to go there was the current calling upon the people. Now, one other note here is that this cloud during the day could be understood as either water vapor or smoke. Just remember that as we move forward to a mountain that will become one of the central places in all the Bible narrative. Okay, so the people are fleeing Pharaoh, and God, by these pillars, leads them to the precipice of the Red Sea. And at this point, we know in the story that Pharaoh has changed his mind about letting them go. He decides to take his chariots and his charioteers to pursue the Israelites into the wilderness. And it's here, at the Red Sea, that they appear to be cut off on every side. The Egyptians are pursuing, and there's no way that they can build enough boats to cross the body of water before they're all killed. But Moses encourages the Israelites with these words. Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. Soon, we perhaps see one of the most significant events of the Old Testament. First, we see the cloud that has been leading them through the wilderness and this cloud moves behind the Israelites to block the advance of the Egyptian charioteers. And night falls as a great wind comes across the sea. Soon, dry land appears, and the Israelites walk through the sea with walls of water on both sides. But the Egyptians are in hot pursuit through the sea, and then we read, In the morning watch, the Lord in a pillar of fire and cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into panic clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The Egyptians would no longer pursue or oppress the Israelites. The Lord had defeated them, and the Lord saved his people without any fighting on their part. And he would continue to save his people. The wilderness, after all, isn't a friendly place for family life for over a million people. 
After leaving from the other side of the sea, the Israelites set out into the wilderness. And about three days later, God miraculously makes water drinkable for the Israelites. Listen to this. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule. And there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. After the defeat of the Egyptians, this is the first instruction that is given to the Israelites, and it's the first of many instructions that are given to them as they are in the wilderness with God leading them. We'll cover these additional instructions in more detail in the next episode, but here you should simply notice this. God instructed Moses to put a log, or some translations say a tree, in the water, and he did so, and the water became sweet. Obedience to God's command resulted in benefit. The bitter water became sweet when God's instruction was obeyed. But God also gives a warning to the people. He says that if they don't obey, they could suffer the diseases that he had placed upon the Egyptians. Membership in the nation of Israel did not exempt the people from pain or judgment. Rather, exemption comes when the people listen to God and do what he says. This is simply an expression of faith. Note that there's nothing in the log that should have made the water potable. It was drinkable by the power of God. He just used the log as a way to test obedience. Faith is the connection between God's command and humble obedience, even when it might seem crazy to throw a log in some water. This event is followed up by more miraculous events, but one stands out due to its humor and because it's referenced again and again as we move through the Bible. As the people are in the wilderness, they become hungry, and they say to Moses, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now we say, Come on. God literally has poured out miracle upon miracle to save you, and now you're complaining? Well, this won't be the end of their grumbling against God, and it also won't be the end to God's mercy on the grumbling people. The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. God says that he will provide for the people daily and adds this special little command that they should gather twice as much on the sixth day of the week. This is because he adds that they should rest on the seventh day of the week rather than gather anything. Remember, way back in creation, God did the same thing. After creating humans on the sixth day, he uses the seventh day for rest. God's example was made for people so that they could have a day of rest from their work. And in this case, God is commanding it of the Israelites. The seventh day is called the Sabbath, and the rest that the people have is called the Sabbath rest. They should not gather any of this bread that God would provide, and they should rest on the seventh day. Now listen to this. 
When the morning dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they didn't know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. And later it says, Now the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. No, God didn't provide what they expected. Instead, he provided something so different that they didn't even know what it was. This is a lesson for us as readers of the Bible. God's provision often looks very different from what you expect or want, but it always proves to be better than your expectations. Instead of just plain bread, it was like wafers made with honey. And it was so different from anything they knew that they simply called it manna, which meant, what is it? Despite the grumbling and the complaining of the Israelites, God provided them daily bread. Daily bread from heaven to keep them fed while they were in the wilderness. And eventually, in this wilderness, after more days and many more deliverances from God, the Israelite people come to a mountain called Mount Sinai. It's at this mountain that God makes an appearance that they would never forget. Tomorrow, we will see the fire, the smoke, the thunder, the trumpets, and the awe when God comes to Mount Sinai to make a covenant with Israel. We know about the Abrahamic covenant, but this one will be different. This one comes not just with blessings, but with curses too. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. Listener, don't skip ahead. Can you do us a favor? Can you tell one or two people about The Bible Brief this weekend? We've made this podcast so that people can learn the life-changing story and message of the Bible, and we want you to be a part of our mission. Thanks, and see you next time. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.